Hi, welcome to Seriously Pointless Podcast. Hi, welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations, a podcast about all your nerdy and geek things throughout time and your uh, hug adverse friend, hug adverse uh, humans. What? Hugging, hugging, hugging adverse humans. I don't know. Hugging, hugging, anti-hugging humans. I don't know. Reverse harem fantasies. I didn't want to go that far with it. Uh, what? <laughs> There's a bit of a reverse harem. Anime. There's a little bit of like one in there. A little bit, but it's, it's not, not a full blown harem. It's anime, definitely but... not. Um, I mean, there's like five guys. I'm trying to think of a good, a good one. Series. Um, uh, let's say like two guys. Well, okay, I guess three guys, but <laughs> keep going. One of them ends up figuring out that she's more of a mother than. Yeah. Not. Hi, welcome to Seriously Plus Podcast. <laughs> Conversation is a podcast about all your nerdy and geek things across time and um, your gender confused Japanese men. That works. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that. There's definitely a lot of that in here. There is a fair bit of that. The, um, um I'm trying to think of what else we could what else the author for this definitely likes their feminine men and their manly women yes i don't know why she likes that but that is definitely a theme of this whole show yeah. mm-hmm. everyone's yeah, got a thing right men. that's a everyone go. everyone's got a thing there. all your cross-dressing fantasies <laughs> oh, and all your well, yeah. uh, cross-dressing yeah. fantasies okay it's not like a show Welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations about Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things across time and your traumatized families. Uh, I'm David, your host. I'm again joined by the other host, James. How you doing, man? Uh, Disney and Pixar have nothing on this group. That's right. Eat your hearts out, Disney and Pixar. <laughs> and we are joined again today by the lovely Kelly. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, we we brought Kelly in today because if you guys haven't noticed by the title of the episode yet... Um, we figured we might want to have an expert and at least have somebody of the other gender uh, that has a better opinion of these things than we do, obviously, um, because we are men and we don't speak of our emotions, do we, James? No, of course no, not. No, no emotions. Emotions Never. bad. Not unless I got at least three beers in me. That's right. So um, today's topic, guys, uh, which, Kelly, obviously you're a huge fan of. Yes. Am I wrong? Okay. Um, we're going to be talking about the wonderful anime slash manga, uh, Fruits Basket, Um and so, just a little bit of a brief history of Fruits Basket before we are not a little bit of history. Let's do, let's do, let's kind of let's do a little bit of what we've been up to, James. Let's do that because we haven't seen Kelly in a while. I feel like it's been a minute. Yeah, we need to hear what Kelly has been doing outside because nobody cares. Honestly, nobody cares what James and I have been doing. They want to hear what Kelly's been doing. Kelly, you want to okay. go first? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Lyle's dead now. So. Yes. That's how long it's been since... Hashtag peace, yeah. peace, you know. Right, last time you were on, we were playing Classic We were playing Wild Class. That, that you died. You moved on. Um, now we're doing uh, um, League, League, League of Legends. Right, yeah. It's kind of our friend's game. And we've started a family Minecraft server. Do you want to throw out your main on League right now, or do you want to... Um, well, 
<laughs> she doesn't want to commit. I know. Because <laughs> you have a couple favorites. I know I you do. I have a couple favorites. My two I play the most is Misfortune and Ash on yep. bot lane. Because no one in our group wants to play bot lane. So. I've told you. I will try everything. If I get on, I will try whatever you guys want me to because I get on, on so infrequently. My talent doesn't really matter, okay. honestly. Well, then that's why we put you in the most, least impactful lane, which is... Yeah, awesome. see? <laughs> They're like, you can do the least amount of damage, and then I go Volibear on everybody, and for some reason I, I swing a game every once in a while. Yes. You win because you're a bear. Yes. A bar. Yes. A bar. So People you forget you're a bear. I, I do forget you I'm a bear. You become quite unbearable afterwards, though. It's okay. <laughs> it's all about... If you just knew the bear necessities of my personality, you would, you would be okay with this. But um, but so many bad jokes there off the bat. So obviously, Kelly, you said you've been playing. You've dropped WoW. You've played a little bit of League. We've got a Minecraft server. Have you been watching anything other than your beloved Fruits Basket, like anime-wise? Yes, a lot. We've been going through a lot. Well, different ones because we switched over to Crunchyroll yeah, that's right. and Funimation. So we're exploring a lot of. New ones. My favorite anime this season is the uh, Spy Family. Oh, I just started yeah, it. Spy X Family. It's, it's so good. It's really good. It's so funny. The little girl is my favorite character in there that whole no show. Mommy. <laughs> that is my favorite scene of the series so far in episode two. When they're at the clothing shop and she's like, oh, woe is me. I am so sad for I have no mommy. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this girl is my favorite person yeah. ever. So yeah, that's that is a great show. If you guys haven't seen that, it's it's Spy X Family. I think that's what it's mm-hmm. called. Um, it is a phenomenal show. Just it did just come out on Crunchyroll. Recently. It just came out on Crunchyroll. It's a simulcast for this season. Yeah. So yeah, the dub is up to four episodes, and I'm sure the sub is further than that. But. Uh, uh, they always get further in the in the sub. So, but yeah, I'm I'm having a blast with that too. So, but that's a, so that's a great recommendation for the audience, especially with this kind of thing, because that's a nice. Like, I would call a nice, we'll get into it a little bit more, that's a nice middle ground between Shonen and Shoujin a yes. little bit, right? Yep, yes. it's a nice comedy, it's got fun pacing so far, hmm? yeah, I think that's something. Well, anyway. it's, it's, and it's ridiculous kind of and over the top. It, it very much is, so, so obviously, um, I know since well, she... kid appropriate, Skeleton Knight is really good, too. The first, like, yeah. ten seconds is super inappropriate, <laughs> like, I was like... Do I want to watch this? At first, I was like, do I? I don't feel comfortable watching it, and then it, it moves on from it really quickly, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a lot better with this now. It's, I haven't gotten very far in it, though. Because to me, like, we've only watched, like, a couple episodes, but to me, this show is about, like, the, the contrast between a gritty world and a ridiculous protagonist. Yes. Yes. It's kind of very reminiscent of uh, so you got re- so I got reincarnated as a slime yes, a little bit a little bit a little bit if that's a lot more yeah it's a lot more grittier than that and I'm kind of enjoying it a little bit more because you know me I I, I like dark and Cthulhu esque stuff I that's kind of well, my vein it's so. not as cl- crazy and, and dark as Overlord no 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 uh, I had to take a step back from that for a yeah, little bit because that was, that, that was the, that got very edgelordy very quickly. Mm. So, so I was like, I'm gonna step back from this. So, well, obviously, we know that. Uh, you know, so you guys are since you guys are married. I know James. You kind of do hang a lot. You watch mm-hmm. a lot of same things. A lot of yes. do a lot of uh, same games as Kelly. Is is there anything that you haven't been doing together uh, or playing? Tunic was great. Oh, that is even yeah. Yahtzee on zero punctuation didn't have anything bad to say about it. No, uh, we'll probably have to do an episode on that one. That would really we were playing that one too. That so. That one came out pretty recently, probably what I think it was last month. This spring, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty recently on, on Xbox Game Pass, which is where I picked it up. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw it on that. Yeah. So, really and, good. Uh, 
an old a couple older games came to Game Pass, which would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. I downloaded it already. It's sitting there. I'm waiting. It's a hysterical hour and a half, two hours, and that's it. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. Um, you play a turnip who has forgotten to pay the taxes on his family greenhouse and who likes to tear up <laughs> government documents. Well, you so know, that's how you. That's, that's how you. Kind of how it goes. That's how you evade the government with tax and create and commit tax evasion, James. You just tear yeah. up the government. Tear up the pay, and, pages. Uh, they don't have any backups. So I did that one, and Bug Snacks is on the Xbox Game Pass now. It's off the PlayStation. I, da- I dabbled into it a little bit already. I'm enjoying it a lot. I mean, yes. Is it, is it Game of the Year material? No. But no. It's, it's a fun. Did it get thing. Game of the Year? No. That's what I was like. like a, no, it's a, it's a fun open world romp where you catch snack shaped things. Yes, and feed them to people who then turn into the snacks. From what I've gathered, though, I was talking. So I was talking to my buddy uh, at Vizu at my old job. Whenever he played it originally on the PlayStation, he said it actually gets a has a really dark turn, like about halfway through. It's, it's not cute and cuddly like we think it is, James. It's getting there for me. Like I, okay. I, I've done like the first kind of like three areas, and I'm getting ready to move into the next like three or four areas. So I'm about happy. Apparently they just like it's a sharp turn after you kind of start to feel it, and then it just smacks you upside the head with a with a stick and says, "Welcome to like I don't know the end of the world or something like." Yeah, I think that's the way this is going <laughs> yeah. because it's it's a little too cutesy, but the themes are a little bit too mature in some places. Yes, this is going to be bad. It, it's, I'm interested to see what it's going to do. I really want to get into it a little bit more and kind of come back with you. But we will definitely have to do that one as well as well as Tunic, um, which talking about that. Have you been watching before I get on me? Uh, I get on my side of stuff. Have you been watching anything outside of what you've been watching, Kelly? Because I know you guys like to do that. Uh, that's been the bulk of it. We we watch most of the same shows. Mm-hmm. Kind of I would say those are the two standouts so far this season. We've we've dabbled with a couple other ones. Yeah, like uh, the witch who killed slimes for a hundred years and maxed out her levels or something is kind of cute, but it doesn't really care. Yeah. It's not hooking you. No, there's a lot of shows that have a good first or second episode, but they can't really carry it for the rest of the series. It's kind of what I figured. It's so. kind of what it's feeling like this season. But those two were definitely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think the book, the uh, the bookworm show is supposed to get a second <gasps> season. The bookworm one. show. Coming I've never out. seen that so, one yet. The Ascent of a Bookworm. That was another run. It's another really, oh, I have. Really I, did, I did see it on um, not Crunchyroll Funimation. Funimation. You guys were watching it. The first twenty six episodes. And, are great. and James did it first. And I had to make him watch it. And he's in no Wise and slander. Wise and slander. So if it's not it recorded, slow. fake news, no, no, no proof, no proof whatsoever. And I think the rumor is that Magician's Bride might be getting another season soon, too. Uh, is it you talking about Megas Bride? Megas Bride, yeah. Dude, don't tell Jackie. Jackie will all, she loved that show to death. We just rewatched it and it's, it's even better. It still holds up. Did they redo yeah. it? Uh, no, I think there's been a couple of OVAs okay. that came out that I don't think have been dubbed into English, or at least okay. not on Crunchyroll. They're like in Portuguese and Spanish, so maybe Jackie will watch them in Spanish. But <laughs> she probably so honestly, if I do that, if I put it in Spanish and like have subtitles in English, we could probably watch it. She would probably be down with that. So, um, which that's that's a fair, you know, I guess a fair transition there. So for our a fair trade off for for the two of us. So, but um, but yeah, that would be something to get get us to start watching it because she we're kind of floundering right now with stuff we watch in the evening because we just got done with Moon Knight because she wants to kind of catch up with all the Marvel stuff so we were watching Moon Knight which I was okay with that it wasn't like standout crazy great for me they did a couple things in it that I just 
I just wasn't into. Isn't he supposed to be like a psychopath? Like no, he's a, yeah, he's supposed to be kind of like a, a schizophrenic that has multiple. It turns out his alternate personality is like a superpower. Or, yeah, like yeah. multiple. Well, he has multiple personality disorder, and so each of them they all have access to moon the Moon Knight powers, but each of them have different skill sets, right? Oh yeah, it seems like he could have like a Rorschach thing going on. Yeah, kind kind of. I mean, you could make yeah. a dark and gritty superhero. That seems well, like a perfect modern. Superhero fodder. Oh, yeah. And he's very much a vigilante in it, like hardcore. And in the comics, it, it definitely has a harder and harsher turn, like turn towards things. And it's much, it's a lot grittier. And I think they do a lot better of playing off that, like, hey, he's trying to, like, work through all of his, his stuff. And in this one, it's just, they just don't do a very good job with it. I think they could have done a lot better. And the downside is I know that Oscar Isaac, the guy that plays Moon Knight, probably isn't going to come back to play Moon Knight. And so this is probably going to be a one and done. It's not very good. Um, other things we, we watched, um, if you get a chance, ask Jackie about uh, uh, healing crystals and um, the weird John Tron show we watch. It's it's it's, it's bizarre. John, are you guys know who John Tron is? No. My brother makes me watch one occasionally. I need to watch <laughs> it. I that one's been popping up on my feed actually. It's the, so John Tron. Like the super alternative medicine. Yes, she thought it was hilarious. Okay. There's literally a guy that that they he he basically tries to say you know he did a thing but he goes my so healthcare bills have been you know health bills have been going through the roof and so I found I've gotten off my network and I've gotten on this alternative network and now. <laughs> I have only three providers that I can go to. <laughs> and it's funny. And he goes into these super awkward, like weird medicines. Like there's one where the guy just stares at you and it just heals you. And I'm like, are there people paying for this, this bullshit? Wow. Yeah. I so think. if you get, I'm telling you, it's, it's a gem. Okay. She laughed I'll so hard. Yeah. I, she usually is kind of like, oh, these are kind of dumb and kind of goofy. She laughs. I've not, I haven't seen her laugh that hard in so long. So, <laughs> and that's coming from a man that tries to make her laugh every day. So, <laughs> and usually doesn't doesn't fly. But um, other than that, we did. Uh, we actually went on a on a movie date. We went and saw Doctor Strange in the multiverse in the multi multiverse of madness, which she really enjoyed as well. Good. Um, I think. I'm a lot more skeptical because I know the characters and I like the characters and she's an outsider and she is just absorbing it from like the movie and like cinematic area and she's loving it. So she had a really good time with it. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like blown away by it. Um, but yeah, that's that I've been doing. That's what we've been watching. Um, what I've been playing. I started playing Tunic. I got stuck at mm -hmm. a certain point. I got mad. I stopped for about a day and a half. Some of those boss fights are pretty punishing. I can, there's only so many like fire. I call them firecrackers. They're dynamites or whatever they're called. There's only so many things times you can try and do that, and then it's just like the boss fights just make you so mad because it doesn't do anything to them or it does very little damage. And I'm like, I just have to. I, I got to get better, James. Get find your upgrade. I just got to get better. Get good scrubs. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even know how to upgrade my health and my attack stuff until like after I got to the second, like the first darker, like the underworld area. Really, James. I didn't even know. I wasn't. I was like, "What are these flowers? Why do I pick up these flowers? What are they for?" <laughs> yeah, what are they for? And I didn't look. I was like, I was trying not to like look the up stuff. Mike must have been pure suffering for you then. Oh my god! <laughs> it was. Uh, I'm, I got very mad. You're very supposed quickly. to have three strength upgrades by the time you get to that guy. Like it even says it in the book. Be at least this strong before you start fighting. I, just, I, I was trying to figure the stuff out just by looking at it because it's not in like English or even any normal text, and some of it is. 
but like, and I didn't want to look up stuff because I didn't want to ruin the story for me. So I was like, ah, oh, this makes me so mad. So I, I, I finally broke down and looked up stuff and I was like, okay, and it's, and it's gone significantly easier <laughs> now that I've looked it up. So this game um, has a mechanic where all the characters and stuff speak a different language except yeah. for like random English words. Oh. But as you go through the game, you find the pages of the game's manual in the world. Yep. And it explains how you're supposed to be doing things as you go. <laughs> like, wait till you get the page that tells you how to that... use teleporters. <laughs> I know the bright yellow things are for the little square, yellow squares are there for a reason. But I don't know what to do, James. And it's making me so angry. You gotta find the page. Okay, I'll get to the page at some point. But other than that, um, I'm trying to think of what else I have. I've been playing Bug Snacks a little bit, which we kind of talked about a little bit. The other thing on my table right now, I've got uh, Pillars, uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. Hmm. It's the one that Critical Role, they actually had a hand oh. in it. Um, if, so if you like that stuff, it's an RPG, and it's based in kind of that similar universe. But once you start listening to the voices... Every single member of Critical Role is in it. They do all the main characters. Matt Mercer is the, um, he's the main narrator for the overworld. Well, Kelly, oh, play it I might that. play it. Yeah. Just is for that. It on, uh, it's on, it's on, it's on, on Game Pass. Pass. Okay. Um, it's a nice, this, this, it's the complete edition, so it's a nice beefy game. You can easily probably put 90 hours if you do all the wow. DLC. Easily. So that'll be, if you want to do like one kind of one-off uh, game, uh, kind of like that, it's reminiscent of Boulder's Gate. Do you ever play that at all? No. It's very similar to that kind of like D and D over like top uh, top down kind of thing. So, um, the Xbox could watch that. It is very nice. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to, um, guys. Like I said, that's a little bit what we've been up to. If you guys want to tell, uh, email us in or shoot us text and stuff, let us know what you guys have been up to. DM all uh, all that kind of stuff. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we also have the email at the end of every episode. So if you guys want to send in anything, uh, requests, tell us what you've been up to. I'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear from you guys as well. Now, finally, after a long intro, we're having a bit of a, a change in the dynamic. We're not going to do news this week. I think we wanted to devote a lot of time and energy towards this one because this being one of Kelly's favorite animes uh, and manga of all time, yes. I figured we would do it due diligence, James. Plus, it's still good news and season anyway yeah you know that that is not wrong so um i want to do a brief uh a brief synopsis of kind of like how it got started and a little bit of um a little bit of the show i don't want to go deep into it because i know there's a lot of stuff we can get into on it and i don't want to ruin it for uh our 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 viewers ahead of time so so, Fruits Basket is uh, is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by, I'm going to butcher her name, and I apologize, ma'am, ahead of time, <laughs> Natsuki uh, Takaya, and it was serialized in a semi-monthly uh, Japanese shoujo and uh, manga magazine, Hana, to Yumi, uh, published by Haku Sensa uh, from 1998 to 2006. Uh, the series title comes from the name of the po- of a popular game played in Japanese elementary schools, which is alluded to in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I didn't pick up on that. Well, obviously, that's a cultural thing. It's kind of like if you yeah. ask somebody about, hey, have you ever played Jump Rope or uh, what's a what's a good one? Uh, tether Tetherball. I don't know. Do they have Tetherball in other countries? I'm sure they have something similar, but I mean, it's there's always like those games, you oh, know, yeah. in other countries. Kids so. games are kids games. But um, so Fruit Basket, a brief synopsis of Fruit Basket is uh, is that it tells the story of 
Taru Honda, an orphan girl who, after meeting Yuki Koro, uh, Kairo, Koro? Uh, Yuki Kyo. Kyo. Yuki Kyo Soma. And Shigure uh, Soma, mm-hmm. learns that 13 members of the Soma family are possessed by the animals of the Chinese Zodiac and are cursed to turn into their animal forms when they are weak, stressed, or when they are embraced by anyone of the opposite sex that is not possessed by a spirit of the Zodiac. As the series progresses, uh, Taru learns of the hardships and pain faced by the afflicted members of the Soma family and through her own generous and loving nature helps heal their emotional wounds. As she learns more about Toki uh, and Kyo and the rest of the mysterious Soma family, Taru also learns much more about herself and how much others care for her. Which I do have to wonder if the whole turning into the animal thing was inspired by Ron Mahaff, which came out just before. Oh, this. wow. And yeah, I didn't huge, even think of that. It was huge. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. So let's start kind of like back, uh, we kind of like we did in, in previous episodes. Um, let's start with Kelly. Uh, where did you first... Yeah, where did you first find? Where did you first find um, Fruits so Basket? So it was in high school. Um, I was starting to kind of get into uh, manga online, and as well as they started having them at like book fairs and stuff. Oh, Scholastic! Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good callback there. Um, so this is a ser- was a series my friend had, and she mm-hmm. let me borrow it. And then about three books, and I'm like, well. I'm going to have to buy this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The addiction came. That's what happened. And for my birthday and Christmas for like three or four years, as the books were coming out in the U.S., that was on my list every year. I know that feeling very, very much so. (laughs) I promise you. I had the same kind of issue whenever... um, I, I don't know if you, James, you've seen it. There's an X-Men series called Ultimate X-Men that I literally asked for every Christmas for like a about three years. It's got like character vignettes, like the people and their powers yep. and stuff. And I think I read every single one of those too. Yeah, that's I, so I understand what you get to, and, and it's something that just hooks you, and you just enjoy it so much. And that's a great callback, though, for Scholastic, though, like because so many things we've you you. I don't think people understand, like, because I don't know if they even do those in schools anymore, but that really kind of put, that's great because that was a great experience to find something that you just maybe hadn't heard of yet. Um, Because I know that's what pushed Harry Potter and the American into the United States so heavily. Animorphs, um, uh, Captain Underpants for some of the younger guys that are a little bit younger than us. But I mean, they did stuff like that all the time. They had posters and all kinds of stuff. And that's a great, I, mean, I love that. That's, that's kind of where you saw that from. So, so after kind of getting into the manga a little bit, did you know that they were making an anime? Uh, yeah, they actually made an anime before the current one. Yep. And it was horrible. Yeah. Don't, don't watch it. They really messed up the story. It didn't make sense. And it was just not well done. That was the one that aired from July 2001 to December 2001. Yeah. It yeah. It's not It's not the new one from 2019, I believe. Yeah. No, it, it was not good. Um, but then the new one from 2019, much better. Still have some issues with it, but... Uh, we will dig deeper. Yeah, we will dig deeper than that. The author of the original manga would agree with you. She he got the person who read the first one fired. Yes, because so. it, was, it was just not good. That's right. So uh, let me ask you this a little bit. So do you uh, prefer the manga over 100%? I've noticed that with a lot of folks. I mean, it's just like anything, I guess. 
the the written word or even like comic books for that matter. I, I would consider comic books almost like uh, a written word almost because, mm-hmm. you know, drawn even. Yes. Um, always it's the source, ma- itself, the yeah. source materials always so much better than yes. the adaptation. Right. It, it is. It, it, and um, I can get into like the differences between the two and, and what I didn't like, but it just has so much more and the flexibility of how you can tell the story yep. uh, says things on its own. And I, for an, a manga, it's actually well written out in sequence. It's not like a serial, like making up things as you go. This one is pretty well, like they thought about how it was going to end mm-hmm. at the beginning she had a plan. Had you a mean plan. you mean it's not like a show shonen? It's not like shonen. Yeah, <laughs> or we just, just make it up as we kind of go <laughs> and correct the rules and just figure out how it works. No, this one is well written and well incorporated, and I don't feel like it was reflected how well that was into the the anime. Well, for example, something Kelly and I have talked about a fair bit is that in the original manga a lot of the characters' stories and their character growth is kind of told piecemeal. Like, each chapter will work on someone else, and it kind of, it comes through, and you have a big character growth over the course of the whole series. Yes. In the the anime, they have collected each person's story into a one- to three-episode kind of focus on them, which is fine. You kind of get their whole arc in one big burst, which is kind of fun. But then, like, for example, Yuki's character arc comes, like, halfway through the new anime, but then he just kind of spontaneously yeah, regresses back to his yeah, previous personality, so he doesn't mess up anyone well, else's arcs that were happening simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, in the manga, they happened all simultaneously. In the yes. anime, they made them sequential. Mm-hmm. And so, and so like, it made it seem Kyo like doesn't things, get a moment until the very, very end. So it made it seem like that things uh, that were happening at the same time as other things were happening after. And so yeah. a lot of how the storylines intertwined with each other didn't really make sense. Okay. Like I said, like Yugi's storyline, they had to regress him because something happened after that this arc had completed um, should have been happening along the same time yeah, or like, before. It's yeah. like, oh, wait, we needed him to be a jerk for this scene. So he's just going to be a jerk. He's going to be a jerk, yeah. Explanation for yeah. Why he's doing yeah that makes sense. So I'm obviously, I'm assuming that for you, James, your introduction to this, uh, this series probably came from Kelly, right? Actually, funny story, this is how I found out that she was into anime and manga in the first place, because she didn't necessarily let that on when we first started dating. We actually bound it over Firefly originally. But the first Acceptable, time we were, very acceptable. I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, perfectly normal. Mal but, Reynolds, <laughs> forever my, my heart thought. He goes, he goes Mal, Malcolm Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and then I'm going to say... Now there's nobody else, that's just those two. <laughs> those are the two. Those are the only two I have right now. Take my land. Oh, <laughs> maybe Wash. Maybe anyway, Wash is in there. Wash is definitely in there. <laughs> if a grown man can play with dinosaurs and pilot a spaceship, he deserves a place on this. That's like a leaf on the wind, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, what I was saying was the first time I went to her parents' house, we went to her old bedroom, and she had this shelf with all these fruit basket manga. I'm like, the heck, you're into manga and anime. I guess that's something else we have in common. To be, to be better, to be fair, it's probably a lot better than walking in and seeing like just unicorn statues. Like, <laughs> throughout. I would probably like. I'm gonna back away very slowly if there's unicorn statues. Anime and manga, completely it acceptable. Wasn't surprised, right? There could, anime, <laughs> there could have been unicorn statues or like thirty thousand frog plushies or something equally <laughs> weird. 
But no, this was good. It was a pleasant surprise. Not not to hate on unicorn lovers or frog plushie lovers. It's just not our thing. Not, like a lot of guys, I mean, I was vaguely aware that Fruits Basket was a thing. Like, you know, it was so big that everyone's going to see a poster or an ad at some yeah. point growing up. Yeah. But no, I never took a second glance at it until the new series came out and Kelly insisted we had to watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a lot like I was, um, especially in high school. We got you, between you, Cole, Reese, and I'm trying to think of anybody else that was really heavy in uh, anime. But we did stuff like Trigun and Death Note. Yeah, it, it was. And Genesis. I mean, it was. But it was never purely a Shoujin anime right no which no, no, we never really did shoujo animes okay so for our audience if you guys are unfamiliar with the terms that we're using shonen is primarily a uh male centric anime that's geared towards younger males and shoujin is a shoujo, shoujo i apologize shoujo is a a, a female uh center it's, it's it's an anime that's geared towards more younger female audience members um and they actually have have it broken down in, in yeah, they that have way. Even smaller so things like Fruits Basket, Sailor Moon, um, yeah, Cardcaptor Sakura, yeah, things like that. Those were some stuff. Where it's very to kind of go into that a little bit uh, more. Uh, it's very yeah. that one's kind of lampshading the genre. That one's right <laughs> <laughs> to to kind of break it down even more. So like it's very much so like in these series, um, it's it's it really kind of breaks it down like how they solve problems, right? Like in, in Shonen. Right, James. The way that they solve problems, they, they communicate through their fists. They commu- communicate with their, their fists, <laughs> and they beat each other up, and they're like, and then they build each other up by like beating each other up. Exactly. In in in, in shojo, is shojin shojo shojo. I want to make I make sure I get the terminology right. So in shojo, correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly. It's more of like okay, so I have we all have. We all have problems, just like they do in Shonen. Yeah. But instead of beating each other up, we're going to build each other up and yeah. fix, help each other fix our problems. Fighting may be in part general. of it. Yeah, fighting might be part of it. But generally, yeah. they solve the problems ultimately by communicating yes. about them. And yeah, you might right? be communicating while fighting. That's right. <laughs> but there's o- it's always a lot more. They, they talk yes, and they... It's they, more they... about the talking and the yeah. relationships and dealing with your relationships and your feelings and and resolving issues through that way. Which, to be fair, that that is how a lot of women solve their problems. Yes. It's not like guys, you know, and, and that's why they, Japan's got a good, they got a good handle on this. That, that's why they market these things to each other like that. Yeah, so, yeah. but that's why I kind of, I guess I kind of get pulled away from Shonen a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like get more towards the middle a lot now. And a lot more of the anime I've watched nowadays is I'm very much, I like that middle of the road a little bit. Well, I think as, you know, the audience for anime has aged, you know, they are marketing more things towards... What are you talking about, James? What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, there's a pretty clear divide now between stuff which is directed at little kids, stuff which Mm -hmm. is directed at teenage, either boys or girls. Young adult type stuff, yeah. And stuff which is directed more at, like, adult anime consumers. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And so, I mean, there's a half a dozen puerile... Iseki that come out every season which are clearly directed at stupid teenage boys and then there's some which are clearly directed at teenage girls I mean there's a gradation they definitely have it broken up into that so yeah but yeah that's 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 definitely a kind of a good uh, good way to break it down um, I would I, I would I would like yes. I like how they break it because I know Japan is very much things have their place yes. you and have that's to fit in the box you, directly. you definitely see that in their in their culture so uh, for me though um, so Jackie actually 
got me into. So, like a lot of anime, she kind of broadened my horizons, as they were. <laughs> the um, <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Um, she was very much into, like, I mean, people have probably heard this before. Heard Jackie and I talk about in previous episodes, Mizaki films heavily. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Which, um, that can almost be said, I could almost, you know, I know Mizaki really hates to put labels on things. Yes. And I would almost put those as almost like pseudo uh, shoujo almost because he has a lot of theme. They're almost kind of, I mean, they're more kind of just very young children in general. Yeah. Kind of family movies. I would say. Yeah. I, I, but at the same time though, dude, like a lot of the, a lot of the female protagonists, when they do, try to like fix problems it's not always like beating each other up no, and it's no, there not. it's definitely not shown in no. it's definitely not there it's so like i said it's got hints of that but it's definitely like you said it's definitely its own thing yes yeah. it's, it's definitely its own thing but anyway so jackie she kind of after she showed me that stuff i was like oh those are there it's actually an art form it's just not dumb cartoons where people <laughs> beat each other up right um in she kind of showed me a little bit of uh, other anime, you know, because she'd always been in Dragon Ball Z and kind of more of the shonen stuff whenever that stuff first came to the U.S. And she showed me Fruits Basket, the original Fruits Basket. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird and kind of, you know, I'm like, what is this? Why do I feel like, why do I feel bad for these characters? I shouldn't feel You're bad. Supposed to. They're not. This is weird. I don't like this. And we ended up watching it all. And I actually fairly, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Um, and I kind of did the thing like you did, Kelly. Um, is I started reading the manga, and I was I was like, wow, the manga is like way better, yes, way more information. Things make a lot more sense, and so I really started getting into the manga quite a bit. And I think I got about because how many volumes are there? There's quite a few volumes. Uh, twenty four. I, I think I got six volumes into it. And I think I fell off because of work or something like that. Um, because I was reading a lot of it online. I know it's blasphemous. I didn't buy it. I was reading it online on one of the special websites that I found. For special websites. Okay, yes. This was back in the dark age before things were widely available. Yes. And it, it was, and it's probably actually during college because I couldn't afford to buy anything. So I did, and I, I, I have been meaning for years to get back to it. Um, I know they have those monster volumes. I know you have it. Honestly, I would be probably okay with buying this because I know I would probably read it, and I know Jackie would probably read it. Um, and I have a little part of me kind of hopes that like our kids would read it at some point later on. Later on, yes, later on, definitely an older, more slightly more mature. Yeah, uh, like young but then again, there's a lot of stuff that I have in my collection that I'm like. We're gonna wait to read this stuff, <laughs> so it's, it's 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 that's all piecemeal. But that's that's kind of the, the 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 thought I would like to think about that. So, um, so we've kind of gone over how we've you know been introduced with it and kind of our kind of brief feelings about it. Um, let's start with um, I'm I'm feeling. Do you want to go more into uh, heavy heavy differences between yes. the we the manga and the anime? Yeah, let's. Yeah, okay. We can finish that up and then we can go with the other the themes the other or parts. or the the giant overarching kind of uh, issues. I guess we would say. Yes. Let me yes. say the one difference which I know. Okay. I know. I think it's at volume sixteen of the manga. There's an entire volume dedicated to Toru's mother and kind of her life and history and how her dad yes. plays into things, which is just totally left out of the anime. Yes. Which 
definitely meant that the ending of the series didn't hit the best it could have for me because we had to like pause and Kelly fill me in on details for me to understand what was going on for a good chunk of that. Yeah. And especially when they start getting into how like almost every character was impacted by Toru's mom like at some point before they even met, which was like part of the emotional resolution of the whole thing. Yep. It really kind of stunk that they didn't manage to work some of that in. And that yeah. Was a yeah, because yeah, most of the story that was the other big criticism is that it was definitely a, f- a show made for the fans. And it was much better if you understood what was going on. Well, it Absolutely. worked a little bit more whenever they announced they're going to do a Fruits Basket spinoff, which is just about Toru's mom. It's like, yeah. oh, you didn't leave it out because you had space. You left it out because you wanted a spinoff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, like, two together. <laughs> you got to make more money, man. I know. I just, I'm becoming a curmudgeon. I would rather have one amazing show than two good shows at this point. Get off my lawn, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> off my lawn. Get off, get off my, nine, my nicely manicured anime lawn. Exactly. I'll send my robots after you. Hey, giant mech is an art form. That is it. Don't let anybody tell you differently. So, Kelly, before we grow off into, into, yeah, into, the, the, weeds into the weeds with these guys, um, um, so what, what major differences do you, do you well, are issues do you have between the, the two? The issues of like, certain things that they chose to leave out. And they did this a, a little bit in the anime. So you're talking about, you're talking about the, the, the original series in the manga, or are you talking about the new series from the 2019? She's talking about the new series. The new ones. Okay, We're going to ignore 20... the 2001 series. Ah, okay. it doesn't Got exist. it. So anybody, um, anybody listen to that 2019? is the series that we're listening to of Fruits Basket the before those are called the before four times yeah, we don't talk about the before four times this isn't like season one of Full Metal Alchemist which was good but not the same thing this yeah, is just bad it was general. just bad yeah. that's understandable um, so the big thing that was left out was that almost all of the stories had kind of almost like nursery rhyme kind of little tidbits that were slightly related to the story. Uh-huh. So like they had a, the Cinderella play that they kind of did that incorporated the, with what was going around. One of my favorite stories, I think they did have this one in the, the uh, anime was the, uh, uh, the Onagari. Uh, it's a, like a rice ball. And oh. It has a piece of, uh, onigiri. onigiri. That's how it is. Yeah. Uh, a piece of seaweed on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had a little uh, nursery rhyme kind of story about that, about how and the lesson you were supposed to learn from it. That's right. She does that pretty early on in the newer mm-hmm. newer series, doesn't yes. she? Yeah. And of yeah. course, like the fruits basket game. Yeah. That was also kind of a nursery rhyme story that they kind of le- like they mentioned it, but left out. But like it, throughout the whole whole series, there are just these little. Uh, stories that they reference and they reference and it's related to what's happening um, in the usually in that volume sometimes they'll reference old stories like the Chinese Zodiac is referenced throughout oh heavily yeah heavily and of course their variation of the cat character um, as well as there's some ghost stories referenced there's some games poor man rich man game or the fruits baskets game oh um, yeah I remember, I there's remember a lesson that. to be learned with those like just these little details that they kind of reference some of them in the anime but they don't like have the resolution of the lesson learned from yeah they don't flesh them out like they don't they, flesh it out and, and especially because they've broken up everyone's like the timeline of when these stories happen because all of those stories that are happening at the same time usually are related to kind of the moral of the story um either they're rejecting it or accepting it or like 
sidestepping it. Yeah. it it's it was we, a way of showing should, how everyone is growing about the yes, same issues. Yeah, about the same issues and struggling <laughs> with them the as they progress to the story. Okay. And that isn't always clear in the anime, even though they tr- like they tried really hard to incorporate some of the stories. They have some of them, but it's not as obvious. Partly because of how out of sequence they made yeah. the, I think this story. Let me ask you this: Do you think that was an intentional thing? Because I know the the author. Oh God, I'm, I'm blanking on her name again. Um, uh, not Toru. That's her. Uh, uh, Takia. Takia. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she because del- she had a lot heavier hand in the new anime? I think it, I think it was the nature of how uh, TV shows are made. Okay. Because they're made by season mm-hmm. and then they're renewed by season. Yeah. And in order to like you you can it tell it was cut up by seasons and not yeah. necessarily by overarching story. I think it was more of a concession. I think it was more of a concession he had to make in order to get funding in the production. It also makes the show much more digestible for the average watcher. Yes. I mean because it connects the stories like individual story arcs of, of persons on much better. I mean take a take a really awesome anime like Bakano, for example. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a rush, but it can also be a bit of a frustrating experience because you don't understand what's happening at all until you're like three-fourths of the way through the yes. series. And for a show that's about that type of suspense, it works. For a relational show like Fruits Basket, I can see why they wouldn't want to make an anime where you haven't even properly introduced some of the characters. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think it's kind like of the... Bringing in one character at a time and digesting bits of their story yes. helps introduce the characters and ground the series. Yes. And it's just kind of the nature of the two different Medium. mediums okay. is how they broke it up. It, like you have to kind of do that way. For I can, it I can see that. Yeah. It's, it's easier to write it in this cause you have so much extra space to do as much yeah. as you want, but you only have so many minutes you have to fit the, the story in. Let me ask you this. Do you think that she would ever want to, do you think she did that specifically because um, of probably the fan base that already knew about this. So yeah, I think she could concede that she she tried to focus on things that the fans would want, and that would be more the relationship. I don't think I really appreciate the storytelling of using those side stories to incorporate mm-hmm. it. That really resonated with me. But I'm a very artsy person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if most of the fans appreciated that as much as I think. General pop, like I did. Well, also, and like so, you said earlier, this is a love letter to fans yes, to begin with. Absolutely. It's a so, remake of an anime that's already been made. Yeah, and so it was more important to get the meat of the story in than some of the smaller details of the storytelling elements. I can so see that. I, I, I understand why they did it. I'm just disappointed that that had to go. Well, to be fair, you know, it's always kind of like anything, I guess, that goes from that, that, that from manga into anime form, right? We all kind of have that, those issues, like even, even full metal, like the example, like James <laughs> used with full metal alchemist, you reading that and there's so much more that they throw into it. And they did a really good job with brotherhood. I mean, yes. an excellent job, but there's still always little things that they throw. They don't hundred percent go in there and you know, they don't go all the way through with it. I'm, I'm blanking on something right now, but I just know if I reread it and I did an in-depth like look at it, there would probably be something like, Oh, why didn't they put that in there? That's a pretty cool little detail or, you know, vice versa. But it's, it's just always like, 
that's the one downside I, I have with, you know, adaptations. They always have, to, always have to make concessions. Yes. And they always have to make it more digestible for an average the aver- an average viewer that may has never may have never even read the, um, the manga or seen the previous tele you know anime show or the television show or whatever it is. So, do you have similar kind of feelings as Kelly James, or do you have anything extra to add? I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Well, I've got some more feelings. I mean, I haven't sat down and read through much of the manga, but that was one of the things I didn't like as we went through the series. Is like I already said the the way they broke up the sequences, yeah. the way they tried to like each character grow. But it was clear that they were still, the stories had been written with a different type of sequencing in mind. Like I said, that what was jarring for me was that the emotional maturity of the individual characters would yo-yo from scene to scene. Where, like I said, Yuki had his big arc and resolution pretty early on, like at the end of the first or second season. And Kyo didn't have his till the end of the fourth season because it was kind of the climax of the story. But what happens is that Yuki has this big growth moment and then he proceeds to immediately... Ignore all of that and go back to acting like a jerk for the next season and a half. I mean, why wouldn't she? I mean, and then you know. suddenly he's mature again, and it's it is kind of like that with all the other characters. Like uh, Momoji also has another arc like that, which is kind of jarring. Um, I can I yes. can see that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Suzu, I suspect her whole story got pretty much dropped because she just kind of pops in and out, and then suddenly has a resolution at the end for Hatsuhara's sake. <laughs> and so like, some of these 12 characters obviously got less screen time than others yes and, and I think the biggest character that got gypped was definitely Yugi like whole storylines of his got cut and, oh, and it, the secret yeah. like my like favorite one was him uh, resolving his relationship with, uh, with Toru mm-hmm. but instead of actually having that scene they just kind of gave a throwaway comment about it yeah. and it was really disappointing <laughs> and upsetting to me <laughs> Well, and this is kind of one of the differences between manga and anime as an art form. I feel like anime is better at showing and not telling. Like, if you have a good studio, they can pack so much information into the background scenes. Like, Magus probably mentioned that one earlier. It's a good example of that. There is so much going on and so many details. Like, there's obviously a rich world there, but they don't sit down and talk about it. No, they don't. Whereas in manga, they can tell a lot more. Because you might have a 16-page manga, but each scene can have so much text attached yep. to it. What would take five minutes in an animated show might be four, four panels or something on a manga. And so they can include a lot more explicit background, which has to be implicit in anime. But I feel like having a studio incorporate that takes a lot of time and energy and effort. So I always hard. kind of equate it to, like you said, I very much say if you guys liked... The Lord of the Rings movies that came back out years and years ago, go read the books because if you think that was a that was a large amount of detail for our huge oh. world, you have no idea. J.R.R. Tolkien was the king of over over overbuilding. He, Dramatically overbuilt world. Yes. He created languages for fun, people. He made like five languages. He wrote an entire world history. Maps. Yeah. He wrote all an the entire stuff. cosmology, which no one ever even heard of and yeah. i do that when i dm too which is not great it's, <laughs> no it's definitely a little bit of overplaning but <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i that's what i love about these the you know the written word and that kind of stuff that but that's it's it's the amount of details they throw into it but and the difference that really kind of shows uh like you said the the huge themes that they have throughout the theme and that the, you get more in depth on the themes and the characters and everything yes. else that's going on as opposed to the manga where you just have broad strokes essentially it's more of what i feel like but but kind of d- 
digging into that a little bit. So themes, there are a, like a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of anime. There's always kind of themes. There's always a struggle and something like that. And so how do, how do you, what is one of the, what are some of the major themes? Let's start with, let's, what's a major theme do you think is in a, this game? The major theme in this is uh, trauma and abuse yep. and dealing with it. Yep. That's re- like, it comes off as like a romantic, like you think it's more of a romantic comedy, but that's not really what this is. It's for more. first episode, maybe. Maybe like for the uh, first yeah. episode. <laughs> first episode, you're definitely like, oh, this is a lighthearted anime. <laughs> it's cute. It's bubbly. It's going to be great. And Lies. No. I mean, that's not Gainix bad, but it's, it's definitely it, that. Yeah, it's, really, <laughs> it, it's not. It, they have romantic elements in it, but. It's really about dealing with trauma and abuse. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and they build on it well, and I think they portray it very well, while not getting too graphic and, and gritty about it. Yeah, because you do see like you'll do see you'll see flashbacks of like especially like you were saying, uh, uh, is it Yuki or or Kairu, um, where they get physically Kyo. abused? Which oh, one? Uh, it's Kyo and Yuki. Yugi. Yes, Yugi. the flashbacks of Yugi being abused, and it it, it betrays it, it more of how he felt from it, not the actual yeah. ab- abuse. Which I feel like that's a lot more impactful yes. than showing, like Skeletonite showing just an, an egregious scene, like showing like, oh, this person's about to get. You know, I'm going to spoilers. It's in the first ten seconds of the anime. Yeah. This person's about to get raped. Showing the trauma that comes from that per from that act. Is so much more impactful than the actual showing the actual act, well, and that's the difference too between those two shows, right? Because in this, it's about like Yuki and Kyo trying to overcome what they were essentially being conditioned as children to fulfill a role that yep. Akito wanted them to fulfill, and you know the mental and physical abuse that goes with it. Something like Skeleton Knight, it's about contrasting the gritty situation with his own mental fantasy world that he's yep. living in. Mm-hmm. So, who, so who who is Akito for everybody that didn't didn't hear that? So Akito you want to is the or Akito or Akito? I, I that's okay. That. Either way, um, we're Americans. We're gonna say everything wrong. That's not in English. He takes the place of the god of the zodiac. Yes, he is. Yep. He's the god of the zodiac, Chinese zodiac story. Yep. and so he is the head of the the Soma household. The family, essentially, yes, yeah. the family, and um, he. Has a very interesting storyline. Has a lot of interesting personality very traits interesting too. <laughs> but, that's um, the word. I'm being nice right now, James. You're being very charitable. That's right. Well, I will get into well, it later. The majority of the story, uh, Akito is kind of the bad guy of the story. Yeah, I mean that's he kind of he has to take that place because you have to have a bit of a protagonist in these. Not a protagonist. Is that? Antagonist mm-hmm. in it. That's the word I was looking yes. for. Sorry. Otherwise, you're not going to force people. You're not going to. You're not going to see these characters progress, and it's just kind of a, a basic trope, which yes. is great for it. It's not a slice of life thing. So even slice of life, you still kind of have kind of an antagonist. Usually something dumb though, like you. They can't. They just can't. They can't make themselves go outside and go to the grocery store because there's a there's a guy there that they think is cute. It's like, okay, cool. Like that's, I guess the antagonist is their, le- their, their low self-esteem. I mean, that's the ultimate antagonist. Really, that's, that's, yeah, ain't that the truth? So I'm like, does this make me even look fat? And then I asked my wife then, and she goes, do you want me to answer that? And I was like, I will go change. <laughs> so, if I've ever asked my wife that slap me now, but I, thought, I just don't care anymore. But, um, but yeah, so the trauma is definitely a huge theme in this and you definitely see it with especially with the main character i know 
it, Toru, she hers is most evident, in my opinion. How, well, do, Toru is... Yeah, whereas, she likes to pretend that she wasn't traumatized. Well, Tora's traumatized, yes. But yeah. hers is... She's is sleeping trauma. in a tent, yeah, for Christ's sake. And tent. she's like, everything's okay everything's with this. Okay. I'm happy. Lies. But, but Toru, she, she was, oh, until recently, always loved and well cared for, and she wasn't abused. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the char- main characters, most, most of the main, other main, semi-main characters come from their trauma comes from abuse and just yeah. kind of her going in there dealing with her own trauma and then helping everyone else deal with their own trauma and and how the two kind of fit together yeah. all, all how they can kind of they, they they correct me if i'm wrong how they can fit together and they can build build, uh, relationships. B- build relationships and basically help each other move i wouldn't say past it but basically learn to cope with it yeah learn to cope with it learn to deal with it learn to forgive and it's uh i have like the theme of how just one how how impactful just one caring person coming into someone's life one person who cares can make in so many people's lives and just Mm -hmm. wanting better and that this caring relationship you form doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. No. And that was another great great theme here, is that most of the characters don't form romantic relationships, and yet they have very caring, intimate relationships with each other. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and you you can chime in a little bit on this, James. Do you think that's a very distinctly um, Japanese kind of thought process? No. Because... Okay, so I was curious about that because I've, I was doing some research about this. I've noticed a lot of people were saying that that's a very Japanese thing to have because, you know, it's not unheard of for, um, you know, guys and gals to hang out and just literally just not expect anything. And it's more modern. It's very more of a – it's become very very normalized in their modern society. But then over here, is it feels like if you're not married and you're hanging out with somebody of the opposite sex – it's like an undertone of like, are we going to have a relationship at, a, at some point? I know dating pressure is definitely a thing now. I know whenever we were in high school, it was already a thing where just hanging out with you yeah. know random girls or guys on a one-on-one basis was getting to be kind of strange. You're either part of a big group or you were dating. Yeah. See, I I don't know about you, but I don't. I, there's tons of times I would go. I went over to Candace's house. And just like hung out with her, and I we did played the same thing. Girl, like yeah, like we up, yeah. like it was normal. For I think it was just it is a normal thing to do, and I don't want to say that. that no, <laughs> that no, is no, that, that is normal humanity. Thing. But yeah, yeah the cultural not, pressure to like be dating is yeah. definitely. You do not have to have. I'm going to say this aloud and proud to everybody. You do not have to have an intimate, like physical relationship with somebody if you just like spending time with them. You can just enjoy spending time with them. It's That's very simple. It's it's that's all it takes. Yeah. A common interest that you guys have with each other: sit down, watch anime, or play video games. Go play soccer, do outside stuff, do whatever it is, and just enjoy that. And I think that's something that they really push hard in this anime. Mm-hmm. That, like you were saying, it's it's very much like, hey, you know, we can enjoy each other's company, yes. and we can help each other, and we can grow together, and we don't have to have anything physical with it. Yes. And that's why I. I it's, yeah. I love that theme in this 100%. So, but James, do you kind of feel similar about that? Or do oh, you... I definitely do. I was going to drop some 
<laughs> but you're gonna draw other references. It's like almost like she's the salt of the earth, or a mustard seed planted in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James. Well, we're not gonna. I'm we're not, not gonna go there. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. Well, so. I was just thinking that whatever you mentioned, like, is this an exclusively Japanese thing? We know the idea of one person who cares having a big impact in someone's life. Yep. That's not fantasy. That's normal life. That's yeah. reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, to mention other work, like if you read like Manchild in the Promised Land or a lot of these kind of gritty autobiography books, often it's one person really believing yeah. in someone that gives them the strength to get started. Right. I mean, ultimately, you know, self, you know, change and maturity has to come from yourself, but having someone oh, 100%. makes a big difference. And I know you guys and have... It what it takes to get started. I mean, I know if my dad didn't have his foot about six feet up my butt gotten half as far as I did in life today. Absolutely. And, and, and kind of jumping off that a little bit, I know Kelly probably has a similar situation, you know, somebody impacting her like that. But it, like for me, like my parents could have yelled at me till they were blue in the face and I would have done nothing to improve myself. But that lady upstairs that mm-hmm. she, you know, took an interest in me and I'm like, why does that person like me? Why does this really nice person like me i'm a slob you know like maybe like, i should try to be worthy of that it's, it's exactly yeah. and it's like i have to raise myself to those standards and kind of going into that a little bit it's very much so you want to make yourself worthy of that right and, and and really digging in and trying to progress that and better yourself um no matter what even i've done that for the last you know 15 years that we've been together um, and you guys have seen it and you guys have done the same thing for each other. And that's very much what it's, what relationships relationships are all about and basically how one person can change your life and um, basically kind of make you a better person. Um, that's the definition of a healthy relationship. Yes. That is a very healthy relationship. Yeah. You push each other to become better, right? That's yeah, what I tell young people today is find someone who makes you more the person you want to be because exactly. you're going to have a long time and that tendency is going to win in the end, yes. whether it's a good one or a bad one. That is very, very <laughs> true. So let me ask you about this, Kelly, kind of jumping off that a little bit, or James even. Uh, I know I'm focusing a lot on Kelly right now, but beginning, like I said, she's very, yeah. she's very much like all up in this because she loves it to death. And James is like, like uh, we could have, we could have talked about even Galleon again. <laughs> this, this is good. We can mix it up. <laughs> no, we. Just, we I'm going to talk about dude. Why are you making me a poopy? You <laughs> are. <laughs> I'm not being a duty head over here. No. Uh, I'm not this being a duty head. <laughs> you sound like Mr. Poopy Butthead. Poopy Butthole. That's it, Mr. Poop. Well, Mr. Poopy Butthole is actually really positive. He is very, very positive. <laughs> we. Um. So kind of jumping off that a little bit, Kelly. That I talked about that one single person uh, basically kind of being able to change somebody's viewpoint or, or change them for the better. I kind of thought saw this. Do you think that's that Toro has that idea has that idea of radical love? I kind of I, I kind of what I called it. It's just radical love. She basically, no matter what, um, she will basically say, basically say that I will love you no matter how you treat me, it kind of thing? That is her response to trauma. Yeah. Okay. It's an, actually a very unhealthy it's thing. It's a bad thing. That's what I was going to ask you. Is, is it a good thing? Um, that's, her, I'm, that's, that's, just her, that's how she responds to that's, trauma. And yeah. this is the main way she grows over the series is she learns to be a little bit more selfish. Yes. She's, she's self-sacrificing to the part of point of martyring herself for nothing. 
she would do anything for even a mild acquaintance to the point of ruining her own life, and it's not healthy. It's not good. Yeah, and and, and I, the the scene that really kind of uh, did it for me. There isn't there a part? Is it um, uh, who's the guy? Who's the the god? The head of the family? I'm trying to remember the name. Akuto. Um, isn't there's a scene in there? Isn't there where he does he he basically forces her down on her knees? Isn't there? Um. Is it him? Is it her? Or is it somebody else? Basically, he basically just... Oh, no, he belittles, belittles her. Yeah, he belittles her. He basically calls her worthless, like, just like a no, basically nobody, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she essentially said, you know, I still love you. So, mm-hmm. like, is that a... I know you said it's it's to a fault, right? And it's almost a bad thing. Well, I, I wouldn't oh. believe her in radical forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. I... The problem with what Toru does isn't that she forgives people and loves them anyway. I think that's something we should all yes. be doing. Mm-hmm. Her problem is that she will she will continue to act to the point where she hurts herself. Yes. It's like she doesn't just give people emotional space. She doesn't just forgive them for their actions. She will continue to let them abuse her yes. regardless of what they do. Yes. So it's not saying, I forgive you, Akito. She's like, okay, I'm going to bend over and get ready to get whipped again. Yes. Like she, yeah. She, it's beyond forgiving someone. She's just. So inviting, how you took She's it? inviting further abuse. She's enabling bad situations. Is that kind of how you took it, Kelly? Yes. Okay. That is. That's exactly how I, I took it. And, um, yeah, there are many times there where she like overworks herself and. Oh, I, I, yeah. And, yeah, and it, it's that's her learning. Like as much as she's the hero of the story, she is also learning how to deal with her own trauma. Um, while helping others deal with their trauma. And so it's, it, it is, even though it's portrayed as a good thing uh, to love and be open and positive, but again, that's, that's her response to trauma and, and conflict. Yeah. And yeah, there are lots and lots of people out there who do the same thing. Yes. Yeah, and I, I will admit, I know a certain someone that does that sometimes, and, and it's taken year, and it takes years, and it take, and it's not like an anime. It takes years for you yes. to get over that because, just like all personality traits, um, it takes years to kind of grow from that and kind of be a little selfish sometimes, especially with that. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's important to be a little selfish, right? With Toru too, because I know you mentioned her trauma is more recent that her mother had died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think something they left unspoken in the anime, and maybe it was more present in the manga, was I suspect she had a somewhat mother definitely loved her and was there with her but she was also a single mom in a japanese society yes. which is very work oriented yes yeah and the pressure that toru feels to always be happy to always have things done like she always has to cook she always has to have clean yep. to me that speaks towards a kid who was trying to make sure everything was perfect for the 10 minutes she had with Ron every day yes and that's definitely the case and that's like a self-sacrifice. You see this a lot in girls and boys who grow up having to be the adult too soon. Uh-huh. Or they, they feel yeah. the pressure to have things ready, to have things done, and that their job is to make everyone around them happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I can do that. That was, that was definitely the case, because a um, little bit of spoilers, but that's fine. Her, her, her father died when she was very young. Yep. And her, her dad's family like abandoned her and her mom. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, anyway, like she, and so her mom had to raise her by herself with no, yeah. no support. 
Um, and then, like I said, at the very beginning of the anime, you, you know, her mom has passed away, yeah, and passes so away too. she's living on her own, right? Yeah. Well, and she is so focused on not being a burden to the people around her that she would rather leave the house she was in and live in a tent. In a well, no, they, they were kicking her out. Yeah. Um, they kicked, yeah. They, you remember that? So, so what happens at the beginning is that she's, after her mom dies, she goes and lives with her one relative that showed care the whole time, which yeah. was her grandfather. Uh, but he's older and can't, 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 really. can't really do much. Um, and he is also living with his uh, children. Yeah. And, her, and his children kick her out. Because they're doing remodeling. I think, I think it's primarily it's her her her, her aunt, aunt, which her is her aunt. her father's sister, right? Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah, uh, kicks her out, and they it was supposed to be temporary, and she was supposed to go live with her friends, but she's like, oh, I don't want to be a burden to my friends, and so decides to yeah. buy a tent and live in a random woods randomly. Yeah, which rather, is how she falls into the Soma family. Ask a friend for help. She'd yes. rather live in the woods and be by herself. Yeah. Yep. And and. I, I think it's just it's just a testament though, it's like to see that, you know, how how far out of her way she's willing to do that, to just get to like not be a burden. But like when you see her towards the end of the anime, it's 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 she's I wouldn't say she's cured. I mean, you're never cured from trauma, right? You're always gonna have it behind you a well, little bit. She I think learns. she she's she definitely learns, like you said earlier, she learns that Self care is important, yeah, and boundaries are. and bound. Yeah, like you said, boundaries, boundaries and, and saying no. And yep. sometimes the best thing to do for someone is to say no. I'm not going to support that. Yeah. But I think ultimately what she learned is that having people take care of you is part of them loving you, and is part of them being able to heal and have a relationship with you. Yep. And when I think when she realized that, then. She started standing up for herself and let, letting people help and protect her. I, I will totally agree with that. So, uh, really interesting thing I, I want to kind of put out there that um, that the author uh, Takia actually said she was going on record to actually say that um, when she created Toro, she created uh, Taru uh, Toru with the intent uh, of balancing out like masculine and feminine traits, which I kind of want to go into this a little bit more, but mo- most obviously found in and Toro's masculine name. So apparently Toro is very much a, like a more of a masculine name. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on that, yes. but that's a Japanese thing, I guess. I did research James. Yeah, no, I, I believe you. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I missed that context yes. entirely. Yeah. And, and, and so she, she does that because I think it's kind of like a juxtaposed, like even though she has a very kind of a, a more of a masculine name, it, she's, I guess some people would say she's more, She's got more uh, effeminate traits, yeah, as it was. More hyper very, very much, I have to take care of somebody. I have no matter what, and I guess, I guess in their society, that's very much what, like, I guess women are expected to do. Yeah. If you're old school, I guess. Um, but she kind of learns to kind of, she kind of slowly over time because becomes more of a modern woman, I guess you would say. And I guess you kind of see that in all cultures. I mean, do you guys see that a lot? Would you see that's very kind of a, a thing that you would see maybe or what are you thinking james you, you're you're wiggling your head around like you don't think so well, the i think the old-fashioned to modern thing was a bit of a stretch i think yeah. it's, i think it's okay. more about just her own personality problem okay yes. uh i mean the, the, role, about, she, like, the like, role she assumes in the family is definitely a very traditional feminine one like she cooks okay. she cleans 
and they frame it in that, you know, this is the work she's doing for getting free board, though they also say that the Somas are filthy rich and they wouldn't care to put her up for nothing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But that's something she was doing because she felt like she had to contribute, and that's the only way she could contribute. But, like, the, the way she, like, feels the need to care for everybody, yeah, that's... All right, so let me ask you this. That's you find much more commonly in women than men. So let me ask you this. So going off of that a little bit, do you feel like the uh, 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 the author, is, is she trying to uh, kind of break down Japanese female stereotypes a little bit? I think bit? so a little bit. I, I Definitely with not just Toru's character, but some of the other characters. Yeah. I think she's trying to explore the roles of both men and women, because there's definitely characters that do untraditional things, especially yeah. some of the men do some very feminine things, yeah. uh, especially with how they dress and how they behave. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, definitely uh, an exploration of men and women's roles in the story. Yeah, yeah you get some characters like Shigure and Hachiri who have very much like traditional Japanese male at least, like, positions in society and what they're doing. You get some people like Momoji and, oh, what's the snake guy's name? I cannot uh, remember for the life of me, I'll be honest with you. Yugi's brother. Yugi's brother, who have very, obviously, feminine characteristics. Yes. And then you get some girls like Isuzu and Machi, to some extent, who are assuming very masculine, kind of piggish behavior for their age. Yeah, it... The, yeah, the author is definitely playing with these masculine, feminine stereotypes, and I think that, yeah. and I think that probably hits a lot harder on Japanese audience because there is a Very. much heavier cultural emphasis on mm-hmm. being fitting into your slot in the community, your role. fit mm-hmm. your role, and conform. And I know that that is part of the reason why the suicide rate in Japan is so high is because people who don't think they can conform have issues. Yeah, and that's I think that's why. I think it's a little bit more. I think why this hits this anime is a lot more. You know, I feel like it's a lot bigger here in the U.S. than it is in Japan. I think it's definitely big in Japan. Yeah. I think it just hit a lot harder home because we're very much about. I don't know. This is just my viewpoint it's coming from the American. Like the, the personal discovery. Personal actualization. Yes, very much uh, a, a an American like United. If you're born in the United States, act, self actual actual actualization is a huge theme yes. about what our, our country tries to push forward. Yeah. And in Japan, it's very much like conformity. Yeah. Like if you don't, like you said, like you said earlier, James, if you don't fit within those specific roles, you're kind of kind of seen as an outcast yeah, a little and, bit. And that's well, a kind of a theme. Have, they like they don't have, have a reverse, purpose, which is something yeah. you definitely see in the U.S. too. I don't want that it doesn't exist here. No, but, it's just it just. But there is, yeah. there are not nearly as many outlets or people who are going to encourage you to be part of the role which you've fallen into. Whatever there, I think be. there's a lot more support. I feel like a lot more support that's not just family oriented as well. Though too, there's a lot like there's there's helplines, you know, crisis lines, all these there things are. that you can and look the US basically is, find. To the U.S. is to the point where with minimal effort you can find people who will support you in doing some downright stupid. I believe it, yeah. yeah okay. People will support you 100% in making some Prime example, Johnny Knoxville, Jackass the movie. Yeah. So there you go. People will support you in making some incredibly poor life choices. Yes. That's like very true. Like, if you get on Reddit and ask for advice, you're going to get bad advice. Yes. That's right. <laughs> what should I do with my phone? Put it in your microwave. Probably a bad idea. Yeah, or it's like, I just did X, Y, or Z. Should I tell my parents? It's like, yeah. 
answer is yes, but they're going to tell you no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, guys. So, um, so let me ask you, kind of, let's go back a little bit to the, the, the you know, uh, the, the uh, the kind of swaying of roles or uh, uh, the way that uh, some of the other characters are, are portrayed. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that really stood out to you specifically uh, in the anime, Kelly, that kind of made you go, oh, that's kind of a weird way to, to frame that uh, or a weird way to portray certain characters? Like, I don't know, for me, here, here's an example for me. Um, there's that one arc in the anime or in the, in the, in the, in the one arc in the manga where they um, make uh, uh, Yuki, I believe it's Yuki. They make the class basically makes him dress up as a yes, school girl. They make him dress up as a girl for the festival. And he, they call him cute. Yes. And so I think that also, the, the thing I, I've been reading a little bit of, I feel like that has a different connotation in Japanese and it does in, in, in the U S. So, yes. And if I'm like, oh, you look cute today, Kelly, or you look cute today, James, different connotation. If they say that in like Japan in the way that, and like I said, language is amazing, like simple, simple phrases and the way things are, they can mean totally different things in different cultures. I think where that hits is probably closer to like calling someone a sissy. Essentially, yeah. yeah like that, and that's what I've been, reading. that's what I was reading is like, apparently when you say, oh, that's very cute. It's not a compliment. It's more of a put down. Yeah. And do you remember kind of what uh, something directed at small children or sometimes at girls? Yeah. It's yeah, and and well, you were talking about how how, uh, Toru has a masculine name. Well, Yugi has a feminine name. Yugi is normally a girl's name, and so he that is something he struggles with. Yeah, and he's kind of. I think he's very much. Uh, kind of, he was in, he's embarrassed by it a little yes. bit, and whenever they do that to him in the class, they she takes it upon herself, Taru, uh, Toru, and she basically says, "What's wrong with being cute?" Essentially, yes, right. She goes, she stands up, for she him. stands up for him, and I think that's one of the good points where she kind of learns that standing up for somebody. Is, is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Standing up for them and trying to say, basically say, you know, if as long as you're okay with how you feel and how you look, it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter what other people call you, you know? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like if I were to call James, oh, you're a big hairy mammoth-looking man. Yeah. You don't give two shits. I don't. You don't care. So, and that but, is certain- but again, I'm a- that's right. You're not trying to get over some of this stuff. I'm sure if you were a teenager, if I was in, if I was 15 or 16, I would have been a lot more upset. Yeah, yeah. you're like, why would David say something like that? He's <laughs> he's he's a round, pudgy butt face. <laughs> so, which is probably true at that point. Yes. Um, but that, I mean, that's a good point though, because it's she's standing out for him and him just being who he is. Yeah. In a situation he doesn't even want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I don't even know why. I was like, Yuki, well, Yuki has some of those same tendencies too. He's not ready to tell people no either. Yes. yes. Like he, he has, and that's where they show kind of more feminine aspects of his personality. He's not really choosing his own path. He's not really doing his own thing. He's playing the role that's been laid out for him. And he's being dominated by someone who's assumed a masculine role in his life. Akito. Yes, very much so. So what do you, is there anything, like I said earlier, I was asking earlier, because anything like that that really stands out to, here, here, let me rephrase it even a better way, to 
is are there any really stellar moments within the anime or manga that you see where two characters really help push each other and build each other? Kind of like that a little bit. Yeah. Um, one that immediately comes to mind is uh, actually two minor characters that get introduced later on uh, are Machi and... Um, I'm trying to think, figure yeah, out Machi which one. Machi and Kakero. Um, do you, who, which, who, which, which Zodiacs well, are well, they? Just little, little spoiler. That's fine. They're siblings. Okay. And um, that, and they've been raised to kind of be antagon- antagonistic towards each other. And about how one of them's like, nope, I'm not doing that. And, <laughs> and like, it insists on a good re- relationship. And I like just him defying all that and insisting that, you know, we're going to, we're siblings, we're going to act like siblings. Huh. And it like everyone just didn't understand that, and I thought that was a really good like standing up because up until this point, uh, a lot of family relationships in this series have either been like super good and super strong, like Toru and her mom, or oh. extremely negative. Yeah. And this is one where these two siblings are one doesn't want a relationship, and the other one really does, and just them kind of. Kind of polar opposites coming together and, uh, you know, defying social norms in this situation. And I thought that was really good um, in that situation. Um, I'll let you think on that a little bit, James. Come up with another one, Kelly. James, can you think of any of them at all? Maybe something that really popped popped out towards you a little bit at all? And I'm going to put you guys on the spot yeah, here. Yeah, I'm going to think of a good one. Um, <laughs> He's like, I've got to think. Hatsuharu and Isuzu have an interesting relationship. Okay. And Isuzu has very self-destructive, like, pig-headed behavior. And Hatsuharu, like, his... Part of his whole character shtick is that... He is much younger than the rest of the cast, but in a lot of ways he's more mature than a lot of them. So yes. he's like someone who grew up too fast. But he does a really great job of being a rock for Isuzu. Like, he is he is the mature adult of the situation who is kind of wearing the... Yeah, even, even just, far just bearing the brunt of, the her, of her pigheadness and her lashing out. Hatsuharu, in a lot of ways, he is kind of the character who comes into things already pretty self-actualized. He is... By far away the most mature of the entire cast. Yes. I would say. Even you, some of the, well, even compared to some of the adults yeah. in the series, because all these, most of the characters oh, yeah. are high school high school students. Yeah. But he is the one who's calm. He's behaving as an adult. He knows what he wants. He knows how he's going to get it. What he wants is Suzu, and he is he's being patient and he's helping her and he's boosting yep. her up. But I thought he was actually probably the best male role model in the entire series. Well, but he does have a fatal flaw. He he flies into rages. He's got a huge temper. So, so, which they they down they have like an episode for that, but they downplay it in the anime. I wonder. They if do. Really he he does go into rages much more in the manga. Um, well, another one is um, the same character, Akiro, and Yuki's relationship. Yep. He was another Akiro. Just went like, all right, we're best friends, and <laughs> they're best friends. Yeah. And whether or not Yuki wanted what learned that, like, in fact, he didn't want yep. that, and just. You know how much that helped Yugi to have because at this point he had basically Toru, and that was it, like intimate friends, and then all of a sudden having a positive male relationship that he didn't have to compete with, 
And like, that was a really like great moment. I like that. Of, of development, like how important male intimate relationships are. Yeah. And that, that is, that is true. Um, that a lot of, that's something that a lot of guys could get out of this show is that it's okay to have, I know this is a really dumb thing to say, but like a lot of guys think whenever two guys are just hanging out and like, they're just you know, dicking around. They're like, Oh, you guys spend a lot of time with each other. Oh, like no homo, blah, blah, blah. Like that's something that guys would say a lot. It's not even about that. Yeah. It's not even about that anymore. It's literally like, Hey, like kind of going back to what we said earlier, I simply like to spend time with this guy. Yeah. And it's like, I could legit, you, you made fun of us a little bit, Kelly. Cause you're like, James and Dave, what are you going to do? Are you guys going to go out and do something? Like, no, we're going to go downstairs and play Pokemon. You're like, isn't that a one player game? James is like, yeah. And you're like, what's David going to do? And I'm like, I'll probably just start and watch. <laughs> it's fine. I'm like, I'm literally okay. And then, and then later on, James is like trying to figure out how to find, catch all the lip, the wisps in Arceus. <laughs> Are, are you know legends and i'm like i'll just look it up yeah that um, was great I, we that was an hour and a half of our lives <laughs> that i was perfectly fine with and and that's the kind of thing that a lot of guys i think a lot of guys they they get afraid of doing a little bit yes. don't just spend time together and it's it's one of the toxic parts of male culture a hundred percent men either have to be doing an explicit activity together like we're going to a ball game, or we're going to do whatever. We're going to do manly things. Or it has to be heavily lubricated with alcohol, which yes. is yeah. not healthy either. No. Like, there are lots of guys who, yeah, okay, we go out and I hang out with the guys. It's like, yeah, you sit on your back porch and drink 30 cans of beer at night. That's, it's not a healthy way to no. hang out. No. I mean. It's definitely, it's that's definitely an American thing. I, I would agree with that. It's like going out, and it's actually more of a... I've, I've seen other cultures well, too, it's but men it's aren't able to let down their shells. Yes, yeah. it's a problem. It's a big and that that is a, actually now that I think of it a recurring theme yeah. in the relationships of the of all the male characters. Well, this this is a Japanese problem too. Yeah. Is that they also have this idea of like men have to meet expectations, and you're not supposed to show your feelings. And as opposed to, it's the same kind of thing. Like she's looking at the, the author really looks at the stereotypes, right? Men can't. They, they can't talk about their feelings. And I made make a joke at the very beginning of the show, right? Men can't talk, talk about their feelings, but women are expected to do everything and fix all the problems, right? Yes. It's, it's, we, she kind of tries to tackle these two major themes mm-hmm. throughout the whole season or the whole, the whole show and the whole manga. And I think she does a, a very good job yeah, of I kind of breaking that out quite a bit. I think this is what makes it such an enduring series. I mean, there's lots of things which are fun for a while, but you see something that's a classic it's because it touches something core to humanity and that's what she's done yeah and you know not going too much deeper into it guys oh and and one one last thing like the the one non-traumatized character i felt in the whole thing was the weird kid in in the series which weird kid her her her, one of her best friends oh okay she she was Perfectly sane, healthy, the but she was, was like, it wasn't clear whether she was actually psychic, psychic or, or not. not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just thinking, like, this is really weird. Like, she's just doing things, like, not even thinking about it. And you're just like, that was kind of a bizarre child. So, yeah, I guess one yeah. thing I would point out too is we mentioned Akito being the antagonist, yeah, without spoiling too much. The relationship between Shigure and Akito 
in a lot of ways, plays counterpoint to what's going on with the rest of the characters. Yes. Yep. While everyone else is growing up and getting better, Shigure is using his position to actively make things worse for Akito. Yep. Uh-huh. And he is trying to force them into a mold that they don't necessarily want to be in. Now, it kind of, quote-unquote, works, works out in the end because it's a, it's a positive ending for the series. But what he's doing emotionally is pretty cringe. <laughs> yeah, that, and that, that's true. And I will. Cringe I will, is not a heavy enough word. It's pretty bad. And it's so, downright almost. It's pretty awful. Awful and, so and abusive. Like, in a, I think it becomes clear yes. over time what Shigure's ultimate goal is for the situation. Like, is that their relationship plays counterpoint to the, all the good things that are happening for everybody else? Yep. And so I, I don't want to spoil the ending or the major revelation. But I think you exactly. Get, I think I'll, you get what I'm putting down. Yes. Here. I will. I will 100 <laughs> agree with that. So, I feel like we've kind of fleshed out quite a bit here today. Um, is there anything you want to yes. talk about? I see. I don't. Yes. She has notes. I don't know if you guys. You guys can't see this, but she's got at least four or five pages of notes on there. So that's that's good. So so what what else do you want to bring up? Um, well, there is one like major issue with the story. I have. Yeah. Even both in the manga as well, um, that I think, especially before you let kids read it, you need to address, and that is actually Toru's mother's and father's relationship. Yeah. So, um, Toru and Toru's mother and her father met when Toru was in middle school, and Toru's father was her teacher, and so uh, I understand how it kind of works in Japan because you're considered an adult when you're 13 years 13, old yeah. and so she was about that age when they met it's still not normal. but it's still not normal and it's still not appropriate and that is like the biggest like thing well, about the series I don't like and the way that uh, his entire family treats her mom as damaged goods yes. after he dies yeah. tells you how the rest of the family viewed that relationship yes. too so it's clear no one approved the situation yeah. so yeah so that's something I wanted to put. Um, whenever you brought that up, that's that's important to note. So even though it is technically, it's not against the law yes. in Japan. Yeah. Socially, people really do not. They like really like you're gonna date somebody that's in their like a 13 year old that and you're significantly older than them. There, a lot of people are like that's disturbing. That's gross, and they actually will like you said ostracize them essentially. Yes. It's still like in the U.S. There's plenty of states where the it's- only difference is like you said. One, you'll one they'll ostracize you. Here in the U.S., you'll go to jail and you'll be on a sex offender's list yeah. for the rest of your life. Even, so. even in the U.S., though, there's yeah. plenty of states where you can marry a 13 or 14 year old with quote unquote parental consent. Yes. Yeah, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. Which is wrong, and we treat it wrong, rightfully so. But if you looked at the laws in our books, it doesn't necessarily carry the entire weight. And it's and it should, in my opinion, but without getting super political yeah. on that end. Yeah. So it's, well, I'm just pointing out that this thing in Japan isn't that different from what we have here. Yes, it's definitely not. not. Yeah, it but, would definitely. And, yeah. And added on to that is that you know he was her teacher. I Me mean, as a in teacher, position of authority, I yeah. He, yeah, position of authority, and that whole like moralness and about how they, everyone just kind of accepted that, and yeah. I I didn't like that part of the story. I mean, I kind of understand why it was. There, sort of, but I also feel like it hindered the story overall. It hindered the message of the bigger story, and I, uh, I, I understand it. It, well, did, me, it, it did help set up Toru's mom, uh-huh. but I, I. Do you it, think? Do you think that the author is trying to make a point about why she th- basically make a point of saying? 
this is wrong. Look what it's done to this woman and, and look, look what it's done to Toro because of this. Look, look what everything bad is basically come from this relationship. She the, the problem the problem is is that uh, Toru's anything about Toru's mom is always presented through Toru or through her friends mm-hmm. because they're the only ones that really knew her very intimately yeah. and those are always those stories are always presented with rose colored glasses like this woman yeah. could do no wrong she was always good even the bad things she did were seen as good like portrayed or justified as good things I can and so about anybody's mom yeah <laughs> And so, I mean, I mean, rightly so, but it, it, it didn't make it clear whether or not that was, like, a good thing or a bad thing when it happened. Oh, I thought it and made I, it crystal clear, but that was, I guess, me as an adult watching the series. But they didn't address that in the anime at all, because they didn't have her story at all. Oh, just, just from how they showed how she acted around Toru, where she was always trying to be perfect for Toru. Yeah, they did the better job of that in the anime they, they showed they that. Did in the, the I guess manga, to me I as think. a full grown adult I know that they, if that's how she's acting around her daughter the flip side is true what I picked up was this is a desperate single mom who has already had a really shitty kind of life or run of things who's trying her very best for her kid and I, I picked up on how much this had hurt well, her life but but it's just it's heavily romanticized it in is. the way very it is so. portrayed and so I I this is actually a thing that happens regularly in anime in general, it, especially like the teacher-student sexualization dynamic, yeah. that dynamic that I feel very uncomfortable with because as a teacher I myself, I, I find it very uncomfortable and I don't like how prevalent it is. And so, If it makes you feel better, um, I had a discussion with Jackie about this long because my uh, for everybody, my wife is a high school teacher. She, she told me, she goes, have you seen some of these high school boys nowadays? And I go, what are you talking about? Like, she said it like that because she was being honorary. And she goes, and I go, what are you talking about? She goes, they're disgusting. <laughs> they smell funny. They fart. <laughs> they don't know how to bathe. She goes, she goes, why would anybody, she goes, why would anybody want it like my age want to be with this thing? Because <laughs> she, she, we had brought this up because apparently it was like somewhere a teacher, a female teacher had been busted because she'd been having a romantic relationship with one of these, yes. you know, 18, you know, 17, 18 year old boys. And I told her about it and she was like, no. She's yeah. like, that's awful. It's so disgusting. Like just, she goes, it wasn't even the simple fact she was like, she goes, not about the act. She goes, she was simply like, just no, those, they're so immature. They're so dumb. Well, Why? Because she's a well-adjusted person with reasonable amounts of self-esteem. It's, <laughs> it's about the power trip, is what it's about. Yeah, exactly it's okay. yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. It's, it just, and, and, just, and yeah, and I, and I, I can I, and I can see it being overemphasized in anime. I can see it being kind of a it making you feel uncomfortable. Yes, I can totally understand and that. and because again, Toru didn't really remember her dad very well. Yeah. Uh, the only positive experience she has with her father's family is through her grandpa. But like, again, his story isn't really told his reasonings. He's kind of a like afterthought almost. And so like, it's, I just don't think it's fully. Do you think that's something that they would, out. do you think that, let me ask you this. Cause I'm, I'm hoping they, they, they do flush that out a lot more in, in the, the in the new series the that's going to be I really do because it's going to be all about her mom right it's going to be all about her mom That'd be fun. and I think that would be a great opportunity to do that so 
we will come back to you guys whenever that comes back out, probably, because I'm sure Kelly is just going to oh, yeah. inhale that yes. series when it comes out. Yes. Um, well, guys, I just want to say we're wrapping it up a little bit. I just want to say thanks, Kelly, for showing up today and, and just giving us a lot of insights that I think that would have been sorely missed if you wouldn't have been here. Yes. Um, is there anything you guys want to add before we head out here? Because I know uh, we, we definitely have gone long-winded on this one, which is a good thing sometimes. So Yeah. A lot of deep subject matter. Like I said, and if you guys liked our conversation, because I know we didn't go over a lot of the heavy arching plot themes, or a lot of plot and stuff like that, uh, go check it out. Check out the manga. Um, you, you can get it at any uh, manga retail store. Go go to go to your uh, resale bookstore. I'm sure they have some of them there. It's a great place to get yes. these. Mm-hmm. Get the first couple of no, uh, uh, novels. Um, if you want to watch it, check it out on uh, any of the streaming sites they have. Yeah, Crunchyroll, Funimation's going bye-bye. You'll have to go to Crunchyroll to watch it. If you can't afford it, I'm sure you guys will find a way to see yeah. it. For now, you can still do Crunchyroll with ads. I don't know how long that's going to last. I'm guessing that might be going away at some point. And we'll see. For now, you can still do Crunchyroll with ads. And, for the Edos. And, and, and again, like, I watched, I read this in, in my, when I was in high school, um, just knowing what I know about the maturity of high school students, I would even say that this is a borderline, like for a mature high school student, yes. For right. an immature one, this would not be the series for them, even the anime, because it does deal very heavily with trauma, abuse, and of course the inappropriate sexual relationship. Or at the very minimum, if you're going to watch it in your yeah, high school series. Yeah, pretty watch, watch it. Pretty watch, watch it with them you know, so you can talk about yeah. it. And, uh, you know, I do, this is one that I would heavily recommend pre-screening for parents. Yeah, or definitely at least having a, having a, a parent with you while yes. you watch it so you can have a discussion afterwards, yeah. much like we're doing right now. Yes, so. especially when a kid who was raised well might realize for the first time how incredibly common all these different types of trauma are. Yes. So, but yeah, that's that's a little bit, like I said, uh, about Fruits Basket. Go check it out, guys. Um, uh, if there's anything you guys have question-wise, just hit us up. Um, I don't know what we're going to do next time, James. We're still kind of got that one in the basket. Yeah, um, just a little update on things, guys, episode-wise, though, before we get out of here. Um, I think probably in the next few months or so, uh, I will be going back to a normal person schedule, uh, not having Ooh. as much... Uh, taking up my time, as it were, for classes and whatnot. Um, so I will hopefully will hopefully start kicking these out maybe like once or tw- maybe twice a month. I think we're going to start off with. Um, we'll probably have more of a news-oriented segment during one month, one part of the month. And then the next uh, next one during the month, I think we're going to probably maybe do more of something like we did today, where it's a little bit more in-depth, which I would be okay I, with. I would like that much better. I think that would be better. Kind of find a happy medium because we've been kind of wiggling and waggling back and forth about what we really wanted. We spend so much time talking about news that we don't really cover our topics. And yeah, I think this will be a healthier medium. Yeah, I think that would be fun. So, but yeah, guys, if you like that idea, just hit us up over on uh, all of our social medias and the email. Um, All right, I think we're going to get out of here today, guys. James, Kelly, thanks for showing up again. And yeah, yeah. no problem. Bye, guys. Have a wonderful day, guys. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, Add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.